Hello and welcome back to our daily devotional podcast. We look today at Acts chapter 19 and um, Paul in Ephesus. Today we will talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what it means to pray and receive Jesus, to believe in Jesus and to receive the Holy Spirit. So let's turn to Acts chapter 19 and we'll read from verse 1 to 7. Acts 19 verse 1 to 7. Let us pray. Father, speak your truths to us that understanding we may believe and in believing we may receive from you your Holy Spirit. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. While Paulus was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived in Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about twelve men in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When Paul went to Ephesus, he met believers. These then were Christians or early Christians. But what was happening was that these Christians did not have the Holy Spirit. So when Paul asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? They said, we had not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And then Paul asked them, what baptism did you receive? And they said, John's baptism. Now what is strange then is that these people had been baptized, but not in the name of Jesus. But they had been baptized nonetheless as believers, as believers of Jesus, obviously. They knew about Jesus. But what they had not heard was about the Holy Spirit. And because they had not heard about the Holy Spirit, they were unable to receive the Spirit. You can't receive something you have not heard. And that's very puzzling to me. How is that parallel with us? Are there those of us who believe in Jesus, who say the sinner's prayer, who repent of our sins, and yet have not received the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, something powerful happens. There is a tangible change. In this case, in verse 6, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. I agree that not everyone speaks in tongues, not everyone prophesies, because Paul in 1 Corinthians said just that, that not everyone speaks in tongues, not everyone prophesies. And yet when the Bible teaches us about these signs that happen, whether it is tongues or prophecy or a change in life, there is a tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. Why then is it that sometimes we say the sinner's prayer and we don't receive or we aren't baptized in the Holy Spirit? Well, let me say some things about believing in Jesus. What does it mean to believe in Jesus? You can believe that Jesus died for you and saved you from your sins and repent of your sins. 
you can believe then that God loves you and that when you die, you will go to heaven. That's believing Jesus on the one level. But Jesus is far more than that. And what's more, Jesus promised far more than that. Jesus promised that as he leaves, he would, we would receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised that whoever believes in him, believes what? Believes that he will give us the Holy Spirit. So simply because believing in Jesus um, is rather ambiguous, believe in him for what? It's almost like if I were to offer you several things and you believe that I would offer you one of those things and you never knew about all the other things that I wanted to give you, believing me, believing in me, would simply mean that you rely on me to give you the first of those things. But because you had not heard of the other things that I want to give you, your believing in me does not enable you to receive the others because you never knew, you never you never knew, you never expected, you never asked for it. I suspect it's the same with Jesus. When we say we believe in Jesus, question is what do you believe Jesus for or what do you believe in Jesus about? If we believe in Jesus for eternal life that we will die and go to heaven, that's all we have. Because that's exactly what was happening in this situation. They believed in Jesus. But they had not heard of the Holy Spirit. And so when they became disciples, they became disciples in repentance, as they said, um, as the disciples said, ours was the baptism, or John's baptism, it was a baptism of repentance. They may have known of Jesus, but their, repent, their baptism was to say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. It did not go further to say, God, pour your spirit into me give me your holy spirit in which case when we believe that jesus will give that to us we will indeed receive i'd like to read a few samples of the sinner's prayer many of us were brought up to say the sinner's prayer when we first believed but listen to what these prayers are billy graham this is his edition it says dear lord jesus i know that i'm a sinner and I ask you for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. In your name, Amen. Or the one from Campus Crusade, Four Spiritual Laws. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Saviour and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Take control of the throne of my life. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. What I notice from these two prayers is that they are prayers of repentance. God, I want to change. Come and live in me. But there is no mention absolutely about outpouring or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I grew up in that era and I was very well aware of what was happening then, that very little was spoken of the Holy Spirit. We talked a lot about confessing our sins, repentance, following Jesus, living the Christian life. But often we did not know that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, something powerful changes within us, that there is healing of the heart, 
But there is also conviction of sin. There is the ability to walk in the Lord. Let's now listen to what the Bible says, what Jesus says. Jesus says in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, when Jesus promises, the promise of the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power, and you will be witnesses of Christ everywhere. You see, it's not an insipid change or we just say, oh yeah, okay, I go to heaven now and I rejoice. But rather, it's a power that comes on us that enables us to speak, to witness to Him. That enables us even to work miracles, to cast out demons, to set people free. Listen then to another, some others of what Jesus said. In John chapter 14, verse 16, John chapter 14, verse 16, he says to his disciples, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not, be, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. See, what, what does this mean? That the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is also the Spirit of Jesus, as is mentioned in the book of Acts. That the whole Spirit of Jesus remains with His disciples. The promise is far more than eternal life, far more than living forever. The promise is that Jesus goes with us, fills us, and guides us. Let's read another one. John chapter 16, verse 13. This is the time when Jesus was to leave, about to be crucified. John 16, verse 13. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. What he's saying, what Jesus is saying is that the Spirit will bring truth, will guide you in all truth. So not only will you learn from people, from the Bible, but the Spirit will take what is from the Bible and what is from God and he'll speak directly to you. You will understand God. Once again, earlier on in verse 7, Jesus says, Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in, in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. And so Jesus once again saying, when the Holy Spirit comes, it will convict you and the world of sin. It will con he will convict people of 
righteousness, what righteousness really means, the righteousness that comes from Christ, and what judgment is that we will know what is right and what is wrong. We will, the Spirit will enable us to judge the right from the wrong, the good from the evil. So whether or not you have you speak in tongues or you prophesy, when the Holy Spirit comes, great changes will take place. God will lead you into all truth. He will empower you. He will convict you of sin, but not just sin, but of goodness also and what righteousness is and that you are the righteousness of God. He will tell you that you are made righteous by Christ and he will judge that which is good and not good. It's a powerful thing when the Holy Spirit comes. But the problem is when we do not know that the Holy Spirit can fill us, when we do not believe that the Holy Spirit will pour, can be poured upon us. And if we then pray that God, you will just you will forgive me and let me go to heaven, then we miss out on something so much more powerful, so much more beautiful. But we need to believe that Jesus will give us the Holy Spirit. That's part of believing in Jesus. Believing that when Jesus, when we became Christian, when we believe in Him, when we call on Him, Jesus will pour His Spirit into us. And when we believe that, indeed, God will pour His Spirit and fill us with His Spirit. These people were then baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. But when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Now, in these examples, Paul laid hands, the, the apostles laid hands, and people received the Holy Spirit. But as the church grew, it wasn't just the apostles. Others could lay hands on each other. Some could be praying alone, quietly in their own bedrooms. And then the Holy Spirit comes and pours himself into you. God does it in various ways. I remember telling you a few days ago about prisoners sitting without touching each other. They weren't allowed to touch each other. We who were counsellors, pastors, we sat with them. We sat in small circles. And as we prayed, demons left. But as we prayed, people were also filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will be someone, someone whom God longs to pour into us. There's no special technique. There's no need for a special holy apostle to lay hands on you. Maybe in your specific case, God may want that. I don't know. But in many places, God is just waiting, longing to pour His Spirit into you if you ask for Him. You may be quietly in your room now, Pray, pray that God will pour His Spirit into you. When you really want Him, God will pour His Spirit into you. But you could come and see someone, ask someone, it need not be your pastor, ask someone to pray for you, someone who has the Holy Spirit to pray for you, to have the Holy Spirit as well. And that will be just as good. But when you desire the Spirit, when you believe promise of Jesus that you will receive the Holy Spirit, then indeed God will keep his promise and will baptize you, will pour his spirit into you. Let us pray. Father, you desire, you long 
that all of us, that each of us will receive your spirit. You're not sparing in this. You're not stingy God. You're not God who withholds your spirit and only gives to one or two elite. But Lord, you want to pour your spirit as the waters cover the sea. You want your church, the entire church, to be filled with your Holy Spirit and we believe you. We turn and we say, this is your promise. I believe your promise. I believe, Lord Jesus, that you will pour your Spirit into each one of us. And when you pour your Spirit, then you will give us power to be witnesses. When you pour your Spirit into us, we will know the truth and you guide us in all the truth. You will teach us and convict us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Father, then we ask, pour your Spirit upon us and fill us with your Spirit every day and every moment. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So now this will give you quite a bit to think about. But along the way throughout the day, you could continue to pray and be in a very prayerful mood and say, God, I really want your Holy Spirit. I want your Holy Spirit to come to cleanse me, your Holy Spirit to empower me, your Spirit to teach me to live differently. I need your Spirit to heal my soul as well and to change me. Just keep praying and whispering that and asking God to do so. Indeed, God will keep his promise and will fill you with the Holy Spirit. God bless you and goodbye. Have a great week.